Welcome to episode 12 of the Public Health Networker podcast. I'm your host, Dr. April Moreno, and in this episode, we are commemorating and celebrating Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. And in this episode, we speak to Monica Lee of the California Pan-Ethnic Health Network. They're a wonderful organization based here in Sacramento in California, and they have been working for about 30 years in the field of multi-ethnic health equity. So I'm really excited to speak to Monica today and to learn more about Asian Pacific heritage, the work that CPEN is doing for health equity for API, and also for diverse communities across the board for all pan-ethnic communities in California. And to learn more about them, visit CPEN, C-P-E-H-N.org. And um, I hope you enjoy this episode. As a member of the Public Health Podcast Network, you have access to all of our archived workshops and events in our Mighty Networks platform. You have the opportunity to grow your career network and build new partnerships, friendships, and community with community global public health experts. So to learn more about becoming a member, visit publichealthpodcasters.com slash membership. JMIR Publications is proud to support the Public Health Podcast Network and our shared mission to create an inclusive and robust scientific discourse. With over 20 years of experience in open access publishing and innovation, JMIR believes transparency is paramount to successful research and for public interest in science. Our growing family of journals includes titles such as JMIR Public Health and Surveillance and our flagship, the Journal of Medical Internet Research. For a limited time, listeners of the Public Health Podcast Network are eligible for a $100 discount using the promo code PHPN100. To learn more about us and our journals, please visit jmir.org. Thank you for joining us for the Public Health Networker Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. April Moreno, and today we're speaking with Monica Lee of CPEN. We're here to discuss APA Heritage Month, Asian Pacific American Heritage, and about the work that is being done for health equity at CPEN. Learn more about Monica Lee as well and her work. So um, welcome, Monica. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity. Um, and yeah, I'm happy to talk a little bit about myself and the work that I do. Um, so Monica Lee, I use she, her pronouns. Um, I'm from San Diego, but I work and live in Sacramento currently. Um, and I, for the past two years, I've worked for the California Pan-Ethnic Health Network, uh, CPEN for short. And our goal, our mission is to close uh, racial and ethnic health disparities. And we've been doing that as an organization for 30 years. Um, so we were actually founded um, because of the, the beating of Rodney King in Los Angeles and the subsequent acquittal of the police officers who did that. And uh, a bunch of different organizations thought, well, we need to kind of have a multicultural, multi-ethnic organization that focuses on the health and equity of of all of our communities. And so that's how CPEN was founded. And then pre-pandemic, we focused quite a lot on Medi-Cal, making Medi-Cal better, stronger, you know, improving the quality of care, um, cultural and linguistic competency um, for the 14 million people who Medi-Cal serves in California. Um, And we also focus quite a lot on uh, data, um, making sure that we have disaggregated data so that we can see the health inequities to address the health inequities. Um, And we also focus um, on, uh, you know, just reforming, I think, you know, our, our health insurance and the way we kind of do health, um, you know, it's very much 
we think of hospitals, whereas we try to think about like promotoras, community health workers, navigators. We try to think about the social determinants health, of health where people work, live and play, gardens, parks, making sure you have stable housing, things like that. Um, so I've been, uh, you know, had the opportunity for the past two years and continuing to be the associate communications director, um, primarily storytelling, a lot of writing, making sure our angle and our message gets out there. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. You shared a lot of information with us. I just had no familiarity with the fact that CPEN has been around that long. Uh, because of what happened with Rodney King, the incident in Los Angeles. I remember that time I was in Los Angeles at that time. Things were curfewed. There was a lot going on. It was 1992, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, I, I like to believe that our audience is very clear on this, but I think it's important that we discuss it a little bit more. The difference between equality and equity. What is health equity? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so the way I like to explain it is um, equality is everybody gets the same thing, whereas equity is everybody gets what they need. So, for example, right, I think you, you might have seen like the graphic that's like the people trying to watch the baseball game and there's a fence in the way. So if you gave them all the same thing, they're all different heights. And so they would all still be different heights. Right. Like one person who was the shortest would still not be able to see over the fence if you gave everybody the same like step stool. Whereas if you give everybody what they need, right, the step stools are going to be different sizes, but you are going to make sure everybody is able to view the game or whatever it is at the end of the day. And so what, you know, CPEN and certainly others out there think is like, not everybody should get the same thing. We've had 400 years of um, divestment of redlining, slavery, genocide, colonization. And so you have different people that need different, different groups of people that need different things to be healthy and thrive. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I think about equality as kind of the government cheese in the 80s. Everyone got this gigantic block of cheese, whether you're a family of one, two people. Exactly. Um, everyone got this gigantic cheese, right? And it's just like, yeah. what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> um, versus equity, where people are getting the things that they need, the help that they need, the language resources or whatever right. it is, um, access to bus stops, transportation, telemedicine, so many, so many things, right? Healthy food, supermarkets, and so on. In order to join forces and address public health issues, For Your Informatics Podcast has joined the Public Health Podcast Network Directory as the first informatics-based podcast to help the mission of building powerful communities through public health communications. Thank you so much, Dr. Carmen Williams. We are so excited to have For Your Informatics on our directory. If you're interested in learning more about the directory and finding out what's on there, in addition to having your podcast added, visit publichealthpodcasters.com slash directory for a range of very interesting and intriguing, excellent podcasts in the field of public health. So again, join us and have your podcast listed at publichealthpodcasters.com slash directory. So let's talk a little bit about APA, you know, API, APA, and um, why does equity matter? What are the issues for AAPI, API? I think everyone approaches this a little differently. I think I, I'm adopted from China. And so I was adopted by a Chinese father and a Japanese mother. So I've always like certainly looked like a heteronormative family, right? And so I, I feel like 
my personal experience of being like Chinese and adoptee, like how do I claim my heritage? How do I think about my identity? How do we, what do we call ourselves, right? It's something that I talk very frequently about with my Asian friends and like they're grappling with it as well. Do we say like Mm -hmm. Asian Pacific Islander, Asian American, Chinese, like how do you identify? And so I think it's so important to like have those spaces to talk about our conversation and recognize like during this month, there's like so many languages, cultures, ethnicities that you can be that really do fall under this huge umbrella that sometimes the umbrella itself can be a bit of a barrier, right? In terms of like data disaggregation. So mm-hmm. I just, um, but I think it's so important, yeah, to really celebrate our icons, the people who have fought before us, um, but also talk about the um, the challenges that different communities who are, you know, Asian American, Asian Pacific Islander, Southeast Asian face, right? Whether that's, um, you know, higher rates of diabetes, or right, in certain communities, um, or in, you know, the Hmong community, right, being one of the most underinvested in communities. Um, And I think it's really striking that um, there's a statistic that's like, but within Asian Americans, wealth inequity is growing the fastest, right? So you have the top earners within Asian, quote unquote, Chinese, Korean, you know, know, um, and then you have Hmong and other populations that really are, are the least wealthy. But when you say Asian, everyone's like, oh, they have this own, there's this stereotype or this perception that all all the Asians are well off, that they're all, you know, and that's just really not the case. And so when you talk about, you know, evictions or like I mentioned, diabetes, other things that um, the Asian American community might face, language barriers, right? We saw a lot around COVID, right, where you have um, only only materials were translated and only specific, you know, like Spanish, English, you know, um, Chinese, but not other languages to really reach the communities that are nurses, that are frontline workers, right, that live in multi-generational housing that need to know how to protect themselves and others. Um, Or when you talk about the issue of being undocumented, a person without proper documentation, um, Asian Americans are one of the fastest growing immigrant populations um, in America. So you also have challenges and concerns where, you know, you can access Medi-Cal, but how do you overcome those barriers? Like if you don't have broadband, you can't log into a computer, right? Um, Things like that. And then, as I mentioned earlier, data disaggregation, right? If we just say Asians are vaccinated at this rate, what does that mean when you disaggregate that, right? Because you need to know like where to point the resources, where to where where to make sure you're you're aiming properly to make sure you're lifting those communities up. Um, and so that's really um, disaggregation and data is something we're doing quite a lot on. And I find it most resonates with the Asian American kind of narrative, right, of being like so many languages, so many different issues. Um, if you're talking about like cancer or different rates of stroke or hypertension, it's all different when you break it down. You know, this is um, a, a community that people don't seem to remember. The Cantonese-speaking Chinese community, we came here not a whole lot at all. My grandparents died in their 70s, stroke, hypertension, you know, a lot of those things that we talk about here that were preventable in many cases. They could have lived a lot longer. Uh, and due to things like poverty and access to care, language barriers, they didn't have those things, right? And so there is so much to discuss, right? Even if we talk about the Chinese community, it's not monolithic. I appreciate that you mentioned that. And also, you know, it's so interesting because in you know other countries, Asian means different things, right? For example, if you go to the UK, Asian is 
often Indian, right? So it, there's just so much in the terms that we mentioned, like API, AA, um, well, Asian American, Pacific Islander as well. And people just identify in different ways, describe the communities in different ways. But as you mentioned, like there's so much uh, socioeconomic stuff that's been going on, especially, um, you know, in places where there were conflicts in places mm -hmm. where people had to migrate for survival and not necessarily for business uh, opportunity, right? Population, like you've mentioned, there's just so much there in terms of access to health uh, and social determinants. And so thank you for addressing the data disaggregation that we need in public health. I mean, even BMI, right? Recently, mm -hmm. we, we don't even address BMI anymore because right, of what we saw in the Asian population. BMI doesn't necessarily um, make sense because some, some people are just built differently. Can you tell us what's out there in terms of API or AA, APA health? What types of initiatives are out there? Not specifically just for necessarily the Asian community, but um, what's been out there uh, and some of the work uh, CPEN has also been doing? Absolutely. Yeah. First, I want to uplift um, community health workers. And so, again, this is a really people who work in the community, live in the community, um, who serve their community, right? And it's often helping people manage different health conditions. And so one of my colleagues, actually, um, Andrea Mackey, was a community health worker, and she focused specifically on, on the Filipino community and on diabetes management. Um, and so she basically just has stories where she would go to somebody's house, call them and say like, hey, what are you eating today? Like, are you, what's your blood sugar? Like just checking in with people. And of course, these are often people who maybe work two jobs. They have a family, they have a lot going on. And so having somebody to check in with them who understand their culture, who understand that, right? Like you were mentioning, not everybody has access to healthy foods or um, different cultures might focus on different foods as their main staples. And so really making sure that you're understanding that and you're you're framing that with humility and with, you know, kind of uh, cultural, you know, curiosity, if you need to, to understand what you can do to help that person manage their own health. Um, so I think that community health workers, again, just from the community, of the community, for the community. Um, and that's something that really um, the California Pan-Ethnic Health Network, we are specifically advancing legislation to just make sure that community health workers are reimbursed, are acknowledged, right? Make sure that it's not too burdensome for them to get certified to do the work that they do, because oftentimes these are also low-income people of color who are doing this work. And so you can't say, take on a bunch of student debt to do this. You have to understand and really um, their circumstances. And then I would say other things that we are doing, um, one is um, the Health Equity and Racial Justice Fund. So this is a budget request, and this would really, what we hope is advance health equity and racial justice. And so what it would do is directly fund community-based organizations, clinics, and tribal organizations to do the work they do. So if that's like a community garden, or if that's a dance circle or a drum circle, or if that's, you know, um, peer sister support circles for mental health, um, if that's, um, you know, a, a bringing more community folks to the table doing participatory budgeting. We know that those closest to the um, problems or challenges are closest to the solutions. And so we really think like they should just get 
money to do what they need to do to help their communities. And we have so many, so, so many examples of just really positive outcomes in terms of if you look at, you know, Oakland and racial justice, if you look at the youth and, um, you know, different partners in that area, uh, restorative justice, Oakland youth who just work with, you know, um, young, um, you know, Black and Latinx teenagers um, and say like, hey, what do you all need? How can we help you? What can we do to support you? Um, helping their families navigate different college applications, different training, technical, financial aid applications, housing, rental aid, anything you need help with. And I think, again, this all really as, as well comes back to the cultural and linguistic appropriateness of those conversations, right? You can't come into a community and say they don't care about their health. They do care about their health. But what are you doing to help them, right? You can't make assumptions and really kind of, um, you know, stigmatize communities like that. Um, and then I would say the other thing, as I mentioned, are the data bill and the data budget request that we are advancing. I think it's very, you know, known that we don't collect data in the best of ways. And I think that's at many levels. That's the federal level. That's also at the state level. If you look at the census and how Asians were on and then off and then on and then off um, as, as a checkbox. Um, and now we do a few categories, but still not enough. Um, if you think about that, but in terms of not only political power, but health, health power, right? If you say like, well, we didn't know that this community had higher rates of diabetes because we weren't tracking that. Um, that's a travesty at the end of the day. And that's, as you mentioned, April, right? It's, it's, it's causing preventable, preventable disparities and preventable deaths, um, early deaths, and only in specific communities. And so collecting that data, making sure that, um, you know, commercial plans collect that data, report that data, and then have a plan for how you're going to close those inequities, um, right? It's, it's not only about um, doing, implementing, but also accountability um, at the very end of that spectrum to make sure the work is happening. Um, so I would say those are some of the um, main um, items that we're advancing to try to address health equity for really all communities, but definitely all of them have an angle that really impacts and hopefully uplifts the Asian American community. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I'm just blown away. I love the work that you do at CPEN. Ever since I found out about you all, you have been such an influence in all the work I do for public health. Mm -hmm. I met, uh, I learned about you probably in 20, oh, 2011. And I was just so excited. I became a donor. I was just, I love the message, the mission of the work that you do. Mm -hmm. And even your landscape of health uh, document, that mm -hmm. influenced me. That's how I started GIS. Just so you know, your report is what motivated me to learn GIS. So a lot of the journey that I've been part of has had CPEN as an influence. And I'm so grateful for the work that you do. I am so excited about the work and everything you do. And um, participatory budgeting is something that I rarely, I mean, I don't think I've ever heard it. And I think that's wonderful that that is part of the work that you do. And also the beauty of the fact that you don't need a public health degree to do public health. And I'm so, I just love that you all know that, you all recognize that and um, put that into action. So um, similar here in the Public Health Podcast Network and Media Network, our community, you don't need to be an official academic or, or anything like that. You don't need a degree to do public health and represent your community. So thank you so much for everything you do. 
Well, thank you so much. And I can't wait to take that back to my team and tell them. Um, Please do. We have so yeah. many folks who. The Landscape of Opportunity, I believe it was called. That is the report that just, it spoke to me. It, it took me places. Um, it, I learned so much. Thank you. We we love to hear positive stories from folks. So I'm I'm so I'm so happy and glad that you that what put you on on your track and that we were able to support that. Absolutely. So how can people learn more about CPEN and get involved with the amazing work that's taking place? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you can visit our website. That's where, as you know, you mentioned, we have landscape of opportunity. We do that every couple of years. So it, it gets updated. Um, and then we have our other reports, um, our other bills and budgets that we are uh, trying to advance through the legislative process, um, as well as some local work that we're just starting. So, and then you can also sign up for our newsletter. That's where you get the latest events, news, things like that. We, we did a budget uh, breakdown to understand what was in the May budget. Um, and then I would certainly also say, like, yeah, I think follow us on social media, follow our partners on social media. I've been really following what, like, Asian Americans Advancing Justice, the Asian Pacific American um, Health Forum, um, Long Innovating Politics. Um, there's so many amazing groups doing this work that I really, like, I, I, I get notified sometimes when they do something and we want to get on board or we want to support or um, CRAC is another, um, you know, great organization that does a lot of amazing work. And then Stop AAPI Hate. Um, as folks know, that hate crimes have been rising, unfortunately, just due to political rhetoric and just, you know, racism, quite frankly, in our communities, um, against our communities. And so I think anything that you can do to kind of support or uplift, um, you know, because they're Stop API hate and a lot of other groups are trying to educate and document and protect our community members as best they can. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your contact information. I believe it's cpen.org, C-P-E-H-N. Yeah. And then the other organizations that you mentioned, I'll be sure to list those in the show notes so others can support our Asian API communities as well, who are also working in health in different organizations. So thank you so much for joining us today, Monica. I am very grateful. And once again, I love CPEN. I'm a cheerleader. You all have influenced my trajectory in public health. And I want you to know that I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much, April, for having us, for having this network and this podcast. And I'm just really excited to continue collaborating and see where it goes. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks again for joining us today. For more information about the Public Health Podcast Network, visit publichealthpodcasters.com. You can also find us on Twitter at PHPodcasters. If you have any questions or feedback, we always welcome reviews on iTunes. Or you can contact us at info at publichealthpodcasters.com. Have a good day.